Would you stand with me, please, to your feet? We're going to jump into the Word of God. I want to thank Pastor Pam and Minister Small last week for opening their doors on last Sunday. We about 15 of us were over there to worship, and man, they fed us well. Can't you tell? Amen. I'm still recovering. <laughs> Just a wonderful time in the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to you today to be able to again come to the very presence of the King, to worship and honor you. We thank you for your presence. Oh, to have the presence of God in the temple is indeed wonderful. To be able to enjoy the peace of God, the love of the King, the mercy of the Almighty. We love you for who you are. We pray today that you will be with us as we continue this portion of the service. We honor your name and give you all the glory. Now give us ears, Lord, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. And let me jump right into the Word based on what we have today. I'm going to be reading the passage, the passages from our text in Haggai, chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 3 through 8. Haggai chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. And then I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Then I'm going to read verses 4 through 6, and then 15 through 19. And then you'll see them on the board as we go through this. The title of this message, as we have been continuing, is Let Us Rebuild the House of the Lord, Part 3. Are we recording, Sister Michelle? Oh, my goodness, what a tremendous crew. <laughs> and, and yes, 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 we've got Stuart there on the scriptures, on the songs. Thank you so much. Let us rebuild the house of the Lord. This is how it reads in Haggai chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai. The prophet, is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses Mm -mm. while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house, that I may take pleasure in it, and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all the commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Go down to verses 4 through 6. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed 
shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Hmm. Verse 15, but if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, these are the curses, the other is the blessings. But if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall, you, shall, your basket, shall be your basket in your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall be you, excuse me, cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us rebuild the house of the Lord, part three. Decisions must be made in life. If you didn't know that, decisions must be made. Some of you are facing decisions right now, and you don't know which way to go. You've turned to the left, you've turned to the right, and you are pondering, do I go forward or do I stay right where I am? Decisions must be made in life. And those decisions will have certain results. You understand? Do we learn from the decisions that we make? Are you trying to stay neutral? And are you trying to stay in neutral territory so that you don't experience negative results? <laughs> you see, sometimes staying on the fence, you still can experience negative results. The children of Israel that have been returned, or that have returned from captivity in Babylon, and those that had been given the privilege to return from the decree of Cyrus in 538 B.C., were given the charge to rebuild the temple. The king Nebuchadnezzar had been finally defeated. The Medo-Persians came in, and Cyrus, in 559 to about 530, ruled in what was known as Babylon. But let me say this. It was in 538 that he said to the children of Israel, I'm going to let you return to the land. They had been in captivity for 70 years because of disobedience. Their sister, Israel, had been enslaved in Assyria from 722 B.C. And some of them never returned home but Cyrus gave a decree in 538 that you can go home. But get this. When he gave the decree, the decree was, I want you to go and build the temple. You have the permission to do it. And he said, I will even help pay some of the costs. But when they got back home, they ran into opposition and many of them said, we can't go forward. And they stopped building the temple. For over 16 years, they stopped building the temple. It was when Darius came to the throne and reissued the decree that Cyrus had given that the temple should go ahead and be rebuilt. And around 521 to 520 B.C., he issued that decree. And in 516 B.C., the temple was completed. When the children of Israel went home, they had given, been given a decree. But here's the problem. 
they instead, when they ran into opposition, began to rebuild their own houses and let the temple of God lay desolate. The second point that we had covered a couple of weeks ago was the statement. That was our second point. I'm going to pick up with that point today, the statement, and under that we're going to look at several notes. In Haggai chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, we note in the first verse, we note the charge in the statement. In verse 3, we note the charge in the statement. The charge. This verse begins as verse number 1 started. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Rarely do you see, oftentimes in the prophets, later written, then came the word of the Lord. It is often stated in the first verse or the first couple of verses, but it doesn't oftentimes continue to repeat itself in such a short order. But in this case, it is mentioned again, then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. We also note in verses 5 through 7, have similar words, consider your ways. While very little is known about, about the prophet Haggai, we have in this charge the reliability of the message because of where the message originates. You have to be very careful that when a message comes, you need to know who's sending the message. Some of you are listening to the wrong voices. <laughs> Some of you are tuned in to everything. You know there used to be, and there still is, there's, an, there's a radio station up on a hill. And sometimes when the instruments are is, they're on, they will pick up the signal. You may be trying to listen in to something, but it'll pick up the signal from something else. And sometimes you've got to learn how to tune certain things out. Even the radio stations back in the day. You get between stations, you can pick up a couple of stations on that FM dial. <laughs> you see, many people decide if they're going to obey depending on who the messenger is. I don't like that person. I, I don't want to hear what they have to say. If they're preaching or telling the word of God, you better hear. <laughs> you better hear. You better hear. You, there's a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. He was called the weeping prophet. He, he cried, and you find that in the book of Lamentations, right after his book. The Lamentations, because he was distraught over the sin that took place. Forty years, Jeremiah preached. The people didn't like him. The leaders didn't like him. But God told him, whether they like you or not, preach my word. Tell them, because if you don't tell them, I'm going to get you. <laughs> It was God's word that came to Haggai, and therefore the charge in the statement is to be honored. Because the word came through Haggai from God, therefore it has to be obeyed. In verse number four, we note another charge, the confrontation in the statement. Write that down if you're writing notes. The confrontation in the statement. In verse 4, it says, Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while the house lies in ruins? This is talking about God's house. The you in the Hebrew is added for emphasis. 
In other words, is it time for you, you I say, you get this, is it time for you to enjoy your paneled houses? There are some people who won't let you in their house if you got shoes on. I'm not talking about anybody in here. I'm not talking about anybody on this side and definitely nobody on that second row. I'm not talking about anybody over there. Letitia, I'm no, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> you come in, you got to take off your shoes. That, that, that's good. I don't just want dirt tracking through here. You're welcome. But leave your shoes at the door. <laughs> the you in this statement is emphasizing you, you, I say. You see, the remnant that had returned home have taken care of their own places. And get this. They spent their own resources to make sure that their houses had maybe even the latest, that the roofs were covered, uh, that everything was in place. Get this. And while God's house they could look at lied in ruins. It was lying in ruins. And so there's a confrontation that God makes in this statement. You see, they had just returned from judgment because they had been taken to the land of Babylon. Isn't it wonderful that when God chastises us, he gives us the ability and the chance to get it right? You see, judgment should be for the purpose of helping us to correct our, our ways. So that when you do something, you can learn. So that when you're going down the street a little too fast, that and the, and the officers get behind you, that's not the time just to slow down. It's time to slow down when you first see them. No, I'm kidding. No. no, but if you are already, if you already are doing the speed limit, you have no fear. That second row on the side, boy, I'm just, I'm just going to pick on them today. <laughs> Take off your shoes and slow down, Rhonda. <laughs> I told you Rhonda must have been doing about 85, 90 when she went past me the other day. Was that Rhonda? That was Rhonda. Hi, Rhonda. <laughs> the problem with the Israelites is that even though they had now returned home from Jerusalem or from Babylon to Jerusalem and Judah, they didn't take to heart all that had happened in their captivity. Rather than saying, we're going to return home and we're going to honor the Lord. The charge had already been given by Cyrus. It had been reemphasized and reissued by Darius, rebuild the temple. But what they did is they rebuilt their own houses. There was not an urgency after some opposition they had. And here we have the word of God through Haggai confronting the people. There may have even been the implication that they no longer cared that the temple was in ruins. We note number three, the consequences in the statement. If you notice, they all start with C, the consequences. In Haggai chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, I think, our 5 and 6, it says, now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, planted much, but you have harvested little. You eat, but 
you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them in the bag with holes. It's not as if you've got a bag or a pouch and you put something in as you walk down the street. It's just dropping out as you go. Have you ever had that happen? You had a hole in the purse on your pants. And then you get to your destination and you pat and you panic because you drop something valuable and you then turn around real quick to see if it's behind you. And then you begin to retrace your steps. Some of you guys lose stuff right in your own house. I'm one of them. Just sat it down. Where is it? I just had it. Am I the only one? (laughs) When the children of Israel left Egypt during the time of Moses, they longed to go back to Egypt when difficulties arose in the desert. They told Moses they had onions and garlic. They had leeks. They praised the food that they had and left out the misery of what it was like in Egypt. Let me tell you this. Be careful that when you are being tried or tested that you don't seek to partner with that which is evil. Be careful because oftentimes when we're going through something, we tend to forget what we left. They had been in bondage for 400 years. And because of a little difficulty as they were, listen, as God had performed incredible miracles to bring them out, they said, we want to go back to Egypt. When the first generation got out there in the desert and complained and complained and complained and complained. Food, this manna, what is this? We're tired of manna. Here's the Lord supplying their needs. We want some meat. (laughs) We want something else here. I want something else. I want something else. Help me, Lord. Help me, help me, help me. I want something else. Give me something else. You know, when we're not satisfied with what God provides, we are in dangerous territory and on dangerous grounds. Please help hear me, hear me. The Lord had provided for them in Egypt so that when the plagues were happening, They had not a plague to touch them. When they left Egypt, God took them through the Red Sea, brought them out through the desert and supplied every uh, all of their needs. So that when he got very hot, he provided a cloud to cover them and keep them cool. At night, when it would get freezing, he provided heat and fire above. And it was called the Shekinah glory of God. And they said, we want to go back to Egypt. So the Lord said, okay, first generation, you are not going to the promised land. You're not going. You're not going. I'm taking your children that you said is not going to make it, that you're, they're going to die in the desert. They're going to be the ones. Forty years they wandered. And Deuteronomy, which we read, means second law. The Lord gave the law that he had given to the parents. He says, now you children, you're about to go into the promised land, and I'm going to give you my law so that you know. And so what he lays out to them, he says, if you're going to be successful, your success depends on your obedience to my law. Now get this. If you disobey me, all of the consequences for the other people that mess with you, I'm going to put those on you if you disobey. 
Why? Because the Lord knows what's good for us. So here's what happens. In, John, in Deuteronomy 28, it's oftentimes referred to as a chapter of blessings and curses. And so what we have, we have a clear layout of the rewards and consequences of disobedience. So those of God's people that have now returned from exile and have also known the story of the Egyptians or what happened from Egypt with the Israelites, they have returned from exile. And while they now have returned from that place, they have forgotten how God took care of them there and what the blessings of God would be if they obeyed him. So what are they experiencing now? They're experiencing the consequences. Their money and their precious items that they have put into bags have fallen out. The seeds that they have planted, they have not produced as they normally would. Everything that God says I would provide abundantly is not producing. And get this, they don't understand why, nor have they even asked what's happening, it appears. The fourth thing that we note in the fourth, fourth point, the cure in the statement that God makes. The cure, the cure that Haggai gives them from God's word. Verses 7 and 8 says, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills. And bring wood and build the house. The house means the house of God. That I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. The cure for all the curses is obedience. If I didn't want to get in trouble at home, all I had to do was obey. I didn't want to be like my brother who would sneak out at night and then sneak back home trying to, try to bypass those squeaky stairs. Got to know which one. Skip that one. <clears throat> Got even creative and would make sure the back door was unlocked, didn't have a key. I was too scared to sneak out. How many times did you get caught anyway? <laughs> don't, don't answer that. Don't, don't, don't entice yourself. <laughs> you always do. <laughs> I find it fascinating that we do right, that when we do right, the blessings of God are right there. When we obey the Lord, the blessings flow. And it oftentimes takes a while that when we disobey God, it takes a while at times before the consequences come. As if God says, come on now, do, do what's right. The formula for their success is that they are to go to the woods and take down the trees, cut them down to build the house, to make the, the beams for the building. Contract and get those individuals that are masons, those who are good woodcutters, and and those who will cut down the trees and and build my house. You see, the rebuilding of the temple meant that God's presence would be there. If you build my temple and take care of my temple, the blessings would flow. I find it incredible that obedience to God caused the elements. To cooperate with the Israelites. He said, I will send the rain when it's time to rain. I would keep back the pestilence. Those things that would normally destroy the crops, I would keep them away. I would make you so abundantly blessed. I would give you so much so that when the time came for living, having the land to just sit, so that it was not to be worked that year, I'll make sure that it provides enough for three years for you. You see, obedience to God 
does not mean that we always see the blessings right away. It means that sometimes you have to move by faith. And says, God, I don't see it yet, but because you said it, I'm going to do it. The children of Israel that Haggai is writing to knew the word of God. Even though they had been in Babylon, they had prophets that would even go there. But when they had returned to their homes, they seemed to forget that it was God that even gave them deliverance. We've got to be so very careful that we remember who takes care of us. Take care of the business, business of God and watch the cure to all of our ills come about. What do we want? We want God to take delight in his temple. We want God to be pleased. We want the cure that God provides. Today, when we think about how good God has been and he lays everything out, it was even Joshua that says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the God that's taking care of you or the God's on the other side of the river. <laughs> he says, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. <laughs> no matter what others are doing, as for me and my house, what? We'll serve the Lord. I have found that over time, when other things fail, God's word remains faithful and he takes care of those who are obedient to him. It doesn't mean that you don't go through difficulties because God knows there are difficulties. But faithfulness is the key. So let's come and rebuild the house of the Lord. I'll say this in closing. When the Lord gave them the cure, he just says, and it's implied, if you do this, I'll take care of all the rest. The things that you have been missing, holes in your bags, not having enough, all those things will go away. Because why? You put me first. Even in the morning before you leave the house, you said, Lord, I don't even know what today holds. <laughs> but I'm going to start with you. Would you help me today and bless me today? Our Heavenly Father in this place, we take note that you give us the answers to the problems or the ills. And then we recognize that you want to dwell in and amongst your people. The temple, Lord, the sanctuary, so that you will be pleased and glorified. It represents your presence. Oh, my God, we welcome you. Because if you're not present, Lord, why would we even go to church if we don't have the very presence of the Almighty God. So as a church, as a leader, we just say you are welcome here in this place. We want you to have your presence. We want you to have your way in this sanctuary, in the sanctuary of our lives. We want you to be on the throne we don't want to be experience the curses, but oh my God, we want the blessings of the Lord to be upon us. What's the Lord? The cure? Obedience to the very word of God. And so we accept the word that you've given to Haggai. We thank you that the people, when they heard the word, they says, okay, we'll do it. 
And in four years, that temple was completed, rebuilt, rededicated. And so we love you today and we thank you. We honor you for who you are and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen.